Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today I'm here to talk about the graphics obsession. I'm your host Matthew and uh, this is a topic I've wanted to talk about for some time. I have talked about it before on various different occasions. I've talked about it online, I've talked about it on podcasts, I've talked about it when uh, you know new, new games get revealed or we play games and we talk about those games. And we analyse, you know, the different parts, story, characters, graphics, controls, etc, etc. But I want to focus on one particular aspect of video games today. Uh, this, this does also apply to TV and films in a certain way, but I do see it a lot with video games. So I will be bringing the element to the conversation about TV and films, but there are certain elements of this particular topic that tie more into games so I want to sort of focus on that a little bit more and also focus very specifically on the fact that we've now got new consoles had them for coming up to a year of course they've not been that widely available which is the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 Um, but there is always a lot of talk in this day and age about graphics how can we improve graphics what do things look like how pretty are certain games I've got a few examples, and I've got a lot of examples as to why, in my opinion, you know, this is an opinion piece type of podcast, if you want to agree, disagree, if you think that graphics are the most important things for a game, that's totally up to you, that's totally up to your opinion, your perspective, what you want from video games, but I'm talking about my opinion here, and what I want from video games, but if you want to I mean, neither of us are right or wrong, if you agree or disagree, if you want more of an emphasis on graphics in video games, if you want things to look really good and really pretty, or gorgeous or whatever, um, that is totally fine, that's totally up to you to have that opinion, but I'm going to mention several different things that kind of, not counter that, but sort of go against that, I suppose, in a in a certain way. Um... But yeah, I feel like within the last couple of years, as we've built up to and of course seen the release of the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, the conversation's been uh, been around in terms of uh, how good are our games going to look, how good is Horizon Forbidden West going to look, you know, do we need patch upgra- updates for games that already are out there? Uh, to make games look even better, um, and I've seen lots of different examples of like, you know, Last of Us 2 is an example, the game already looks fantastic on PlayStation 4, it doesn't really need to look any better, but there's been conversations around games like that, as to, you know, oh, is it going to get a PS5 patch, and to, to make it look even better, um, but I'd like to ask the question and pose the question, is that really necessary to make that game better will it actually make that game better now i want to bring in an example of a game i'm playing right now well not right this very second but a game i'm currently playing that's 1996's tomb raider the original tomb raider on playstation 1 i'm playing it off the uh, playstation 3 backwards compatibility and what kind of stuff went on the ps3 to store to get that that was a bit awkward different topic i did talk about that last week on gaming talk for the 272 episode that i did last week um but i'm playing the game at the moment now there's two games i've played in the last two years that are both playstation 1 games they're both ports of or emulation ports whatever they're not remasters or remakes is the point of two PlayStation 1 games that in my eyes are absolute classics and very very much hold up today. There's a few question marks about maybe the old control schemes and that kind of thing. I'll talk about that as well in a second. 
Um, but they hold up very, very well. Uh, they're very, very interesting. Kind of different games. That's Metal Gear Solid 1 and, as I just said, the first Tomb Raider uh, from 1996. Uh, both on the PlayStation 1. Both what I would consider PlayStation classics. Both are uh, icons in the gaming industry. Of course, one's getting a bit more treatment than the other. But that's a different topic for a different time. Um, I'm so in the lot about a year or two ago. I did play through it, was on the PlayStation Classic. I used like a PS4 um, adapter thing so I could use my PlayStation 4 controller on the PlayStation Classic. And I played through all of Metal Gear Solid 1. I did a Classic Reviews episode for it. I think it was the first episode of Season 3 of Classic Reviews, and I really liked it. There was a few issues here and there with like possibly slightly outdated controls. But what do those two games have in common? They both have graphics that are over 20 years old i would argue that tomb out of the two of them tomb raider looks the worst out of the two but that didn't matter to me at all did not matter to me in the slightest yes they look like blocky square sort of characters almost if you look at solid snake's head or laura croft's head they look like squares but didn't matter to me because the gameplay was interesting of course with the metal gear side uh, of things you got the weird wonderful world of uh, kojima's brain of course with the story and everything and solid snake and all the classic sounds and footsteps and all that kind of stuff there's so much classic things that go along with that uh the kept you waiting her and all that kind of stuff um it's it's just classic it's brilliant um but no my point is with those two games none of the things that stand out to me as to why those games are classics and still hold up today None of the qualities that those two games have have anything to do with graphics. Not at all. Um, and it kind of just goes to show, again, from my opinion, my perspective, that a game from 20-odd years ago, you know, PlayStation 1 era, 90s PlayStation 1 era, I've been able to go back to those two games and play them. I'm currently playing through Tomb Raider now. I've played about four or five levels or so. Um, both of them hold up incredibly well. Um, the the only slight obstacle to those games, the controls at times can be slightly finicky. But once you get used to, or at least I found that once you get used to the controls, the way that those characters move, the games are a bit better. The the, the games hold up even better. Uh, I will say though, in regards to Tomb Raider, there is an emphasis on making the controls slightly different or slightly difficult. In terms of the platforming. But that's. I literally feel like that's part of the challenge of the game. Because I know I said that. um, Graphics don't really matter to me per se. And controls do. I feel like with Tomb Raider that's a slight exception. And I didn't have the same problems really with with Metal Gear. But with Tomb Raider the way that you're climbing certain like. Blocky areas and that kind of thing. And the climbing and are you going to make you jump. I actually feel like that's ingrained as part of the challenge. So I'm okay with the slightly odd controls because it feels like it's sort of part of the challenge. Um, whereas with Metal Gear, like I said, I didn't have any of those particular issues per se. So th- those are two. Those are two examples of games. One that I'm currently playing. One that I played about two years ago or so. Uh, Metal Gear Solid One and Tomb Raider One. Uh, I think Tomb Raider, the, the in terms of graphics, does look rubbish now. Metal Gear Solid does have a certain different type of charm to it. Um, there's different kind of things to look at as well. Tomb Raider, I would argue, is a bit more of a simpler game than something like Metal Gear. Uh, so they've those two, the two of those games individually have both got different qualities. And again, none of those qualities have anything to do with graphics. Uh, and just to be clear, when I'm talking about graphics, I am just simply talking about the visual quality of your game. I'm not really talking about cinematics. I'm not talking about like 
the way that cutscenes are shot. I'm simply talking about the actual quality of the image. You know, the actual graphical quality. Because um, there's certain things I'll talk about in a minute, like with Ghost of Tsushima, where there is... Let, let me move on, move on to Ghost of Tsushima. So Ghost of Tsushima, which was a game that came out last year, what was it, about a month or a couple of months after Last of Us 2 came out, uh, from Sucker Punch, of course, Ghost of Tsushima, which I think is supposed to be getting a sequel, recently got its Director's Cut thing on PS4 and PS5. Um... That's a game very much that, you know, I've seen several screenshots that people take and like, look how good this game looks, look at how good the landscapes look and the fields and the grass and the sun and the water and just that kind of thing. The difference I would say there is there is an emphasis in the sort of in in the world building, you could kind of call it, of where the game tries to do things that are more cinematic like the way that Jin looks out to certain locations and it is quite cinematic. But again, there's a lot there's been a lot of emphasis and a lot of focus on like look how pretty this game looks and then there's been the emphasis on okay, when we get this on PS5, can we patch it so that it looks better? Again, I'd like to pose the same question that I did with Last of Us 2 and two games that came out relatively close to each other, Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima. If you look at the PS4 versions of those games, do they really need to look better? Because I I don't think that they do. I really don't think that they do. Um, So yeah, and it's like, you know, I I remember when we talked about things like Cyberpunk 2077. um, And even, I remember before, because I I got a little bit, not really annoyed, but I was a little bit confused about it. I remember before, before the game actually came out, Cyberpunk 2077... Before the game even came out, there was already conversations about, you know, when we get it on PS5, when we get it on Series X, is it going to look better? Is it going to be remastered? That's a word I was seeing thrown around. So a game that hadn't even come out yet was already having discussions around it of, are we going to get this remastered for PS5 Uh, in terms of making the game look better? Do we really need to be doing things like that? Remastering games that haven't even come out yet? Um, and I, I know that people weren't necessarily talking about it in terms of like a Crash Bandicoot remaster. You know, games those games again that are 20 years old. And yeah, they could do the remaster, you know, controls, that sort of stuff. Maybe some new features, that type of thing. Update the controls a bit, make them a bit smoother. Obviously update the graphics. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say that, you know, Ghost of Tsushima... Last of Us 2, Cyberpunk. I'm not saying that they should look like 20 year old games. I'm not saying that Last of Us 2, Cyberpunk, and all that, you know, Last of Us and whatever. I'm not saying I don't expect them or don't need them to look better than Tomb Raider and Metal Gear Solid from 20 years ago. It's just that my point is, it, there seem, it, seems, it seems to me whenever we come away from any sort of like state of play or a Gamescom presentation or an Xbox presentation, a lot of the conversation that I always see online is, look at how good this game looked, look at how good this game looked. And I just don't see as much conversation that I'd like to around, okay, what actually are these games? What can we do in them? How can we interact with the world? That kind of stuff. And that brings me on to um, the, the things that matter to me more, because I've kind of discussed the graphics part of this. The things that matter to me more in games. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're 
getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice that's $3 level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show so moving on to this um, the first thing I want to talk about is the PlayStation 5's DualSense if we're going to bring in the conversation about new gen uh, current gen console, the current gen consoles aren't they really? The PS5 and the Series X. So the PS5 obviously came with the uh, the PS5's DualSense controller, not DualShock 5. It was called DualSense, and there was a lot of emphasis and a lot of uh, tech put into the uh, haptic feedback and the vibrations that the controller can make and things like the the string tension of a bow and when you're pulling back a bow in a game with in like Tomb Raider or Horizon or something like that. Um, and it's going to feel a bit different and it's going to have some features like that. Now I've I have only heard about how good the dual sense is and I do understand that I'm not going to know what it feels like to use a dual sense controller until I actually have one in my hands and use one. You can you can watch as many YouTube videos as you want about people showing that off to you, but until you have that controller in your hand, you're not going to really know what that feels like because it's uh you know, you need to kind of feel it, don't you? So um but I remember in December 2020, PS5 came out, and every PS5 was pre had installed on them uh, Astrobots. Um, I think they were called not Astrobot Rescue Mission. Uh, I think it was one of the new uh, Astrobot game. Can't remember the exact name. And there was a lot of emphasis and a lot of focus on how that game in particular showed off what the DualSense could do. In, in a bit of a tech demo sense, but still, showed off in early days, you know, launch day, very, very early days, showed off what that controller could do. And I remember seeing a bit of conversation about the time, around the time, about, like, this is a revolution, this is, like, a new thing for tech, and, like, the different uh, features and vibrations that you could feel and how it interacted with the game. That's the stuff that I care about in video games. Uh, and I cannot wait to well literally get my hands on a dual sense and uh see what it feels like you know jump into astrobot see what the uh feedback is for that 
I've also been watching uh, Kadikarus on YouTube. I'm sure some of you know who he is. I've uh, been watching a lot of him play um, uh, Demon Souls on, on PS5, of course. Because I'm not really bothered about like Demon Souls spoilers. It's just a fun game to watch him play. And he's a funny guy to watch as well. And uh, he kept talking a lot about like when he's hitting certain things with his sword, like different, even different surfaces, like he can feel the DualSense controller, and like he said about how how cool it sort of felt. That's what I want from video games, and I'm really, really glad. I am really glad that you know this new gen of of tech that we've got, and once I hopefully get a PS5, that I'll be able to start experiencing those things. Of course, then it's up to developers to actually implement that in their games, and that will probably be more of a first party thing, like with Demon Souls and with Astrobot. Um, I did hear that there was some stuff in Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War involving some DualSense stuff, but I wouldn't expect to see that so much for third parties because if you're putting a focus into that on third party games, you got to remember that those games are also in development for Xbox One or Xbox Series X and that those controllers don't have those same features. They still have vibration and stuff, but they don't have the DualSense haptic feedback and all that kind of stuff. So that's something that really, really interests me. And again, all those features that you, you could mention for the DualSense, all the ones that I've heard about, nothing to do with graphics at all. Nothing whatsoever. Um... And it, it feeds into more of what I want in, in games, which uh, I've written down some notes here. Interactions with the world and other characters. I think that's very important, important for immersion. It's cool to see different things happening in the world that you're playing. Um, one example I'd like to bring up, and this is from a game from 2018, is uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. And when you're running around or riding around or however you're navigating the world, when you're out in the wild, wild west... Of Red Dead Redemption 2 you'll come across random NPCs and they'll come up to you and you can select them or whatever and you can either give them like an aggressive or a positive uh, interaction like say something to them um, they might point their gun at you they might threaten you uh, you could point your gun at them first you could shoot their horse you could shoot them off of the horse um, it's interactions like that where interacting with NPCs on sort of a simple level in a way to where you're just simply interacting with an NPC that's the kind of stuff I'd like as well where you're actually interacting with with NPC characters in interesting ways and not just in the way of going up to a character and pressing talk and like saying hi or something this was very much kind of like a bit more of a deeper interactive thing plus you could you could literally choose whether you wanted to be aggressive or positive towards that character and they would react in a certain way uh, there would also be certain things to where like if you shot that person somebody later might come after you come after you with their gang they might ambush you and you have to get away from that what are you going to do with that and again none of those things have got anything to do with graphics um that's that's very very simple kind of interacting with characters type of thing uh, and even when you go into certain towns if your character is dirty or if they're clean or if they don't smell nice or whatever depending on what you've been up to in the world of Red Dead Redemption to uh, NPCs in certain towns would uh, um, you know interact with you in certain ways and you can talk back to them in certain ways and obviously you know if you start a fight in a town if you get your gun out and start pointing it around people will like you know interact with that um, that's more of the stuff that I want in those sorts of games. And, and you, you, can, you can kind of expect that a little bit more in something like a Rockstar game. Obviously, you know, you've, we've had a bit of a history with that in GTA. But the specific kind of thing that sticks out to me in that game is where you don't just, you don't just go up to 
NPCs and press one button to talk. You can specifically like okay aggressive or positive, and then if you're trying to like make the conversation go a certain way, uh, they might start pointing a gun at you. Do you ride off? Do you fight them back? There's lots of different things that can happen, and that's all up to you. You know how you interact with that character, and you never really quite get the same interactions either. So, and there's also things to where you see certain um, uh, like horse and carriage, whatever. Uh, go past in the street and someone will shout to you like hey I'm innocent I'm in the back I'm innocent you can go and rescue that person you can shoot the the driver or the drivers whatever you can shoot those or you can shoot one of them and then the other one will come after you then you can shoot the lock off of the uh, the cage thing that they're in then you can let them out maybe they'll be aggressive towards you and betray you maybe they'll say thanks say thanks and run off maybe you just shoot everyone there and then maybe a witness sees you and then you have to deal with them and there's so many cool things that can happen from that. And I found it thrilling. All of those different types of interactions in the world. Um, and I, I found it to be very, very good. And uh, that's, again, that's more stuff that I want in the game. Uh, I put interacting with the world as well. Um, this is on a bit more of a deeper level to me. This is something to where, like... I'll give you a little example. Uh, on one of my playthroughs of Last of Us 2... And I remember talking about this on a podcast. This is a very, very small thing, but not that many games do this. And yet again, this will have nothing to do with graphics. I remember I was on this rooftop playing as Ellie. I I climbed up there, not like not like the top of a skyscraper, just this little top of a roof from like a um, petrol station or whatever it was. And I had some ammo and some guns on me. I was in the middle of a firefight, and I think there was one guy left. And um, I knew where he was. And he was calling out to Ellie and saying probably different bunch of things. And of course Dina's there with you and she's trying to like help you and stuff. And I remember I shot this guy. I can't remember if I shot him in the head or not or I shot him in the body. But I shot him somewhere pretty vital. I remember shooting him. I think it was in the head. And he fell backwards. And I thought oh he's just going to fall backwards. He'll fall over and then that'll be it. I'll move on. And there was a door that was open behind him. And because there was space behind this door, because it was open, there was room behind this door. And the door had glass in it. He fell backwards onto this door, and the glass smashed. You might think that's quite a simple thing. But how many games can you tell me where actually does that? You know, a character actually does it. The weight of his body, I think it was a male person that I was shooting. Or a guy that I was shooting. And he fell backwards onto this glass. He smashed the glass. The The sound design on the glass was really cool. The smashing of it. Sounded kind of realistic and that added to my immersion and everything. He fell backwards. His body fell in a realistic way with animations and stuff. Some games would just have the character. Now granted, you, it doesn't mean that every time you fall into a window you're going to smash it. That's not going to happen every time. Some games wouldn't have it to where like the glass could smash. And it just adds that little touch of realism. And... Like, I mean, there was a lot of emphasis, or or a fair bit of emphasis, with, like, you could smash certain windows in Last of Us, and you could, like, jump through, obviously, the smash glass to get through to the other side for whatever particular reason. And some games just wouldn't let you do that. Some games just won't let you do that. And that's another way of, like, hey, I can smash this glass and jump through it. Sounds like a very, very simple thing, doesn't it? But, again, that's a situation where that has nothing to do with graphics. It immersed me in the world a little bit more, and it actually surprised me. Because I knew that glass could break in the game, but it's just the way the character sort of flopped backwards onto the glass. It was it was quite a cool thing. 
um so that's another kind of thing as well so and i i want to share as well i do have a little bit of a kind of worry in a game sense that there is there i like there is an obsession with graphics at the moment and and a, a large majority of the conversation i see around games online is about how good they look maybe i'm looking in the wrong places for those discussions but um I see like a lot of screenshots and things like that and it just makes me think I wish people would take a bit more of a focus on you know games are made to be interactive unlike with TV and film where you press play and you watch what happens happen you don't interact with it you just watch the story and you watch the episode or the film so there's a big difference there but with games where there's a level of interactivity where you walk around as a character I want games to focus more on what I can actually do in them, how the world um, reacts to what I do, such as the smashing of the glass, um, and just just having those little touches that surprise me in a way I think is is a lot more important as opposed to as opposed to developers maybe focusing a bit more on how do we make this cinematic look really good, how do we make this location look really good. Um, I'll give you another little example as well, going back to Ghost of Tsushima. And I remember saying about this, and I think Robert kind of agreed with me at the time. Now, this is just a little thing, but it was something of note at the time. Obviously, there was a lot of focus with Ghost of Tsushima on how good the world looked, and it did look very good. You know, just because I don't appreciate visuals and graphics, I'm not blind, fortunately. I can see when a game looks very good. But it just doesn't particularly take my interest in what I want from video games. And I remember there was a feature in the game to where you could swipe up on the D-pad. Sorry, not the D-pad, the touchpad for the DualSense controller. Sorry, the DualShock, PS4 DualShock controller. And you'd get this gush of wind and it would show you where your objective was. And it was fairly accurate, you know, it was pretty good. But there was an awkward sense of, because you were moving... With the le- moving backwards, forwards, left, right, whatever, with the left stick, and obviously as you're turning around corners, you're turning the camera with the right stick. So you got a two-stick situation where you're moving the camera with the right stick, and you're moving your character with the left stick, which is how third-person games work. And I remember saying to Robert how awkward it was that okay, you either go into a crab-holding situation where you've got your normal finger and you're swiping the the trackpad with that. That's awkward. Or you're taking... You're, so you're doing something like that while you're moving. Because you don't want to stop, swipe the thing and then keep moving. Or you're doing a situation where you're taking your thumb off of one of the sticks. So to either look or move. And swiping up on the touchpad. And it was awkward. And I got the idea of like, okay, swiping up on the touchpad. It was pretty cool. But, you know, if you'd have done it so that that feature was on L1... Or one one of the triggers or something like that. One of the one of the buttons to where you don't need to take your thumbs off the analog sticks. Because obviously it wouldn't be X B Y or sorry X square triangle or circle. Because then that would require you to take your right thumb off the right stick. But it was one of those things where okay, you got the immersion of like you 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 almost kind of like push the gust of wind with touching the the touchpad, like swiping up on the touchpad. I got what they were trying to do. It was just the idea of the way that you were holding your controller. And you'd have to take your finger or your thumb off of something to touch it. And it was just this, okay, got to take your thumb off or your finger off or whatever. 
and then you got to swipe it and it was awkward it was awkward i remember a lot of people talking about that it was awkward and robert said the same thing and i said the same thing we got used to it obviously and it wasn't the worst thing to happen with, with, with a video game it was just awkward but it's ideas like that where okay you've got a fairly decent idea which is okay you want to take away like the idea of having a dot on the screen for like a, a, a waypoint which i wouldn't have minded anyway um and it was obviously supposed to fit in with like the visual aspects of the world again which i didn't like massively care for of like the immersion of okay the wind is blowing and it would be blowing in that type of world and there was lots of grassy areas and you'd see the grass move as the wind blew and that kind of stuff again it's a, it's a visual treat but if you'd have just moved it off of the trackpad to one of the one of the uh, top buttons so l1 l2 r1 r2 one of those so that you could press one of those buttons the wind would come out or whatever or would, would show you where you need to go and you could keep your thumbs on your stick so you could still do all of that while you're turning a corner and moving forward it's things like that to where okay instead of focusing so much on how good the world looks and the and the wind is moving the grass as you're moving is that stuff as important as the actual functionality of what you're pressing because to me how i'm doing that action is more important than necessarily the action itself um and again i got i got the idea that they were trying to do it just didn't work functionally it was awkward and everyone said that it was awkward but the funny thing was everyone said it was awkward for about one day and then everybody forgot about it so and and no no one talks about that now uh it didn't make the game worse there was ways that you, ways that you could have made it better which is if you move that function so um that's that's just another point that there was i i felt like with that particular function there was more focus on the visual aspect of it than the functional actual aspect of the of the thing itself so yeah uh but i talked about uh i and i think i think some of this stuff has started to come around again with uh visuals and things in terms of okay these games that are slightly old again i talked about the ridiculous nature of cyberpunk being remastered before it even come out or being updated before before the game had even been released i found that utterly ridiculous but to me the more interesting things with games is okay controller features like the dual sense interactions with the world like the the encounters in red dead redemption the way that the world interacts with things that you do uh, and even other things as well to where like let's say you come across a petrol station itself okay can you actually actually shoot the the thing itself to blow it up some games you can't do that uh that's another way to interact with the world um luckily in most in most games that's that sort of thing does work relatively well but it's just when we see trailers these days, when we see gameplay footage these days, um, there's a lot of conversation about how good games look. And I remember coming away from the Horizon Forbidden West state of play recently, not not from the Gamescom thing last week, from the, the state of play where they first, I think they first showed off the game at that point. I can't remember getting shown it before. And there was this new stuff about like the melee stuff that, that the melee stuff that Ellie could do, and there's a couple of other new features. Um, they didn't highlight them that massively because I've actually forgotten a couple of them. But I remember coming away from that state of play, and what was everybody talking about again? Oh, look how good the grass looks. Look at Ellie's like um, character model. Not Ellie, sorry, Aloy's uh, character model, and she looks different. And like look how good the world looks and the water and it's like okay like this is a brand new game and we're expected we're expecting that okay this is a game for the new console yes it's also going to be on ps4 
I want games to find ways to push themselves forward in a technological sense. I almost couldn't say that. Technological kind of sense. Um, And I am a little bit nervous that developers are putting a bit more effort and a bit more time into how good a game looks. Um, But there's, there's almost like a conflict between what I want and other people want. Which again is fine. You can want what you want from different video games. Now that we're into this new generation which has basically just started. And there's all these conversations about like okay games that aren't even that old. So like The Last of Us, Cyberpunk, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, how good can they look on new consoles? What I want to be focused on is what can I do in these new games? You know, with the power, with the big power of these new consoles, how is that going to push games going forward? And we do have the dual sense to look at for that, and that's going to be cool. Uh, and obviously, load times is a big thing. Frame rates is a big thing. Those things matter a lot as well. But um, I just want to be able to do more things in games. You know, there was I, I remember a lot of people even ten years ago floated this idea around of what about if you had a Grand Theft Auto game where you could go into every single building that's the type of stuff I'm talking about granted it would be a bit useless if the building that you walk into is empty you'd want there to be something to do in that building but imagine like you're not in a mission in GTA right and you go to some completely random house and it's called Grand Theft Auto so it's about crime and all that sort of stuff and let's say that you could go to some completely random house in the game and you could kick the door in or smash the window, jump in the window, however you'd access a building, right? And the NPC, the, the building is full of NPCs, you could go into that building, rob from them or kill them or maybe the police would come on to you, maybe one of the, because uh, obviously it's America and they like guns over there and they basically have no gun control. Uh, if one of the NPCs gets a gun out and starts threatening you, how how would that kind of stuff go? You know, that's... And given the fact that that conversation, those ideas were being floated about 10 years ago, and granted we've only had basically one GTA game in the last 10 years, uh, 2013's GTA Five. Um, that would be cool as well to to have to have have more of an literally open open world where you can you can go anywhere and you can kind of do anything that you want you can go into any building you can go into you wouldn't have situations where like this door's locked for you or maybe a door is locked but maybe you can bust it open maybe there's a window that you can break near it and you can climb into the building and explore explore wherever you want and do whatever you want in that area um that that'd be very very cool and again that that type of like go in any building do anything you want has got nothing to do with graphics at all but i'm sure the game will look great still so um yeah that's that's pretty much what what i wanted to talk about uh, i suppose the other kind of little things to add uh, animations as well um yeah there's yeah sorry there's two other points i wanted to mention animations and then story and characters I talked about animations a little bit before, but like, how will a character, what what will what will they do when you interact with them? Not just in terms of what will they say to you, like with the Red Dead Redemption example, but like, let's take uh, let's look at Last of Us Two again for an example of that. You can have a situation to where you shoot somebody like in the leg or the chest or something to where they they're injured but they're staying alive, and sometimes they'll like they'll they'll forfeit they'll kind of cower and give in they'll put their gun down on the floor they'll put their hands in the air 
And you can do a number of things. You can wait for them. They might pick their gun back up and shoot you. You can execute them. Like if you go up to them and press I think it's square. And you can just kind of kill them. You can shoot them in the head and execute them. You can shoot them in the leg again and injure them further. You can wait to see what they'll do. You can run off from them. They might chase you. They might not. Uh, I never actually tried doing that. Um, that's another situation where. Okay. What's the animations of a character doing that going to look like? Is it going to look more interesting you know um and again that does go back to kind of like interacting with npcs and that sort of thing but that stuff is very interesting you can kind of get them to forfeit to you instead of just having a character that like okay this npc has got a health bar or a certain amount of health you attack 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 until it's gone and then they die there is no sort of like they're injured in the leg they can't walk properly or you've shot their hand or something like that and they can't shoot their gun a lot of games you just have like okay shoot and shoot and shoot until they're gone and then like there there is no other alternative you either beat them or they beat you there is no sort of like uh way you can tackle them a bit more do you get what i mean in terms of sort of um because that does technically make a fight in something like the last of us a bit easier instead of just going for the head um which Thanos would disagree with. Uh, but instead of just going for the head. You can shoot them in the leg. Or the knee. Or the foot. Or shoot the hand. And they'll be injured. But they won't be dead. And they won't have it to where like you shoot them in the leg. And they keep walking. And then you just got to damage them more until they're done. Um, that's something kind of a very realistic touch that that game had as well. Uh, in terms of yeah if you yeah if somebody was holding a gun they were standing up and trying to shoot you if you shot them in the leg they'd have trouble walking if you shot them in the chest they'd have a pain in their chest or or their belly or whatever and they wouldn't necessarily just keep standing there until you shoot a few more times and they're done Um, and yet again doesn't have anything to do with graphics so yeah Uh, and then the other important of course very important thing about storytelling in games and other things that matter in games story and characters are your characters interesting is your story interesting and again when people say about like you know does this game look good enough does it look pretty okay i want to know if the characters are actually any good what's the story about is the story interesting where's the world set how do the characters fit into the story do they have their own little plots um what character development are you doing are you doing any slight side plots uh, side um uh plots with these stories that kind of thing uh that's much 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 more important than just does this game look good um you know and oddly what one of uh one of last of us 2's i would i mean i disagree with it but one of last of us 2's biggest criticisms is the character in the story which i would disagree with i think the story and the characters are fantastic um so yeah but uh anyway that's that all all of those things i just mentioned interactivity controls controllers uh, animation story characters interactions with the world all of that is much more important than graphics to me and just to quickly like compare this to the tv and film stuff obviously you take away all that like interactivity and that that kind of thing because you're not interacting with a with a film or a tv show for, for the most part, there is obviously certain interactive TV shows and films, but I'm talking about your normal everyday TV shows and films. Um, again, is the action good? Are the sto- is the story any good? Is the characters any good? What's happening in the story um, is much more important than just 
does it look good. Uh, I can't remember who it was actually. But I remember when American Gods started its first season. And there was a particular scene. I think it was in the first couple of episodes. I can't remember. It's been a while. And they were doing this effect with the rain. And uh, Ricky Whittle's character. I can't remember his name. Uh, no, I can't remember his name at all. But Ricky, Ricky Whittle who was like the one of the main characters. Was having this like weird scene. It was a weird show obviously. Was having this weird scene and his rain kept dropping down and he was getting like attacked or, or or something like that. And I remember somebody on some podcast said like, "Oh, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it looks really good." Um, and I remember kind of thinking, sort of a similar thing was like, "Okay, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It was a bit sort of dream sequency esque kind of thing." And I don't, I don't remember what the ex- explanation for the scene was, but it was very kind of weird and strange and it didn't make a whole lot of sense but I saw what they were trying to do in the scene which was like how the rain was affecting the visual of the of that scene but it didn't do anything for me so so although the person I was listening to at the time was like oh look at this impressive like effects that the rain is having and the, what, what you know the visual aspect of that that's where I sort of like okay if you'd have put more effort into making the story make a bit more sense or like Ricky Whittle's character's interaction uh or what he how he was reacting to things maybe that would have made that scene a bit more interesting um so anyway that's just the points i wanted to make so let me know let me know what you think anyway Uh, i know some of you are going to disagree with me or agree with me whatever or if you're somewhere in the middle um but uh all that stuff to me with games is just a lot more important than like how pretty and how good it looks um so yeah, and you could you could bring the you could bring something like Cyberpunk into this equation. Yes, Night City looks really cool, but what cybernetics can I get? How does that? I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff you could talk about with Cyberpunk and the interactions with the world, the NPCs and how police react to you and uh, how your cybernetics affect the story. And obviously, there's the whole cybernetic angle of it and like the the political aspects of that with the story and how the corporations feel about it and uh what things are you gonna get on your body how does it affect the gameplay what can you scan what can you hack what supercars and super weapons and things can you get uh what does what do those things do to enemies um what about the characters within that story how do they feel about the world how are they talking to v when you're making dialogue options and choices how's that affecting the story and the characters um and you know the world around you and yeah again has nothing to do with graphics so <laughs> anyway um i just wanted to i just wanted to make a separate podcast talking about this because i've brought my, my up my opinion with this uh in several different uh situations and things but um yeah i wanted to kind of just do a separate episode just really kind of focusing on this aspect of games and like i said if you like visual stuff within storytelling or within media that's cool that's fine it's just not what i'm looking for uh, i'm looking for all the other things that i've mentioned today so uh let me know your thoughts feelings questions comments or whatever about this uh how do you feel the the new consoles are going to um or the, the games that are going to be made for these new consoles. How do you think they're going to adapt to these different ideas with games? Um, and all that sort of thing. Let me know what you think. MatthewAdEntertainmentTalk.org Twitter eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. So get involved. Let me know what you think. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, if you like what you've heard. You want to support more of it. You want to hear more podcasts that we do. TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcasts. 
uh, entertainmenttalk.org or you can find us as well on podcast platforms if you want to support us you can also let other people know about what we do and where they can find it you can also just listen to more episodes either on the website or you can find us on podcast platforms just let people know about what we do and where they can find it social media share them around facebook twitter whatever you like to use these days um try to use those different options as well that really helps us out patreon one dollar three dollar level tiers ad free podcast review options check that out as well if you'd like to uh for tv and film news david's got you covered over there geektown.co.uk and geektown radio geektown radio gets released on tuesday so there should be a new episode today uh so look out for that one as well uh bex is streaming uh very regularly on twitch trista bites trista b-y-t-e-s she recently made twitch partner congratulations to her for doing that very much well deserved uh one, one of the better content creators there out on youtube uh sorry on twitch or on the just internet in general uh trista bites trista b-y-t-e-s and uh, i did mention kadikaris earlier didn't i he streams lots of different video games and he makes youtube videos and stuff you can find him if you want to uh just kadikaris on different platforms twitter twitch youtube those sorts of places uh i think he's on his instagram or i don't know just ch- just check different platforms and search for kadikaris uh speaking of david becks and kadikaris by the way i did do episodes on each of them uh way back in january it was called a uh, month of positive creators and i thought i did an episode on each of them and then i did an episode on my friend called laura who also made um i don't know if she does it much anymore but she did used to make uh, twin, uh content on twitch and that sort of thing so uh check those episodes out as well if you want to just search for uh, uh positive creators or something like that and you should be able to find that as well uh so that's that um yeah oh yeah me of course i also do uh other things other than uh podcasts you can find me on twitch etalk uk just finished my uh cyberpunk 2077 streams i did review the game recently as well because i finished it you can watch my ending on youtube entertainment talk plays you can also watch the other archive streams that i've got on there youtube entertainment talk plays thanks very much for listening and i'll catch you next time goodbye